Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. Today we have the talented Erin Sarofsky on. Um, she runs her own company. She's a president, owner, and creative director over at Sarofsky Corporation. I have a, a link to her work. Um, I got introduced to her from a mutual friend, uh, Philippe Carvalho, um, who's actually on the podcast uh, a couple episodes ago. And the more I started reading about who this person was, I got more impressed because I just I realized we're kind of kindred spirits where we have... We put a lot of love and we put a lot of dedication into the things that we do. And um, I love when I read like these stories where people start off, you know, with humble beginnings and become their own entity. And, and that's definitely who we have on today. And so without further ado, welcome to the collective. Thank you. <laughs> She's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> I was like expecting a crowd to roar or something. <laughs> The, everybody, it's listening. Stamp your feet. Stomp your feet. <laughs> exactly. I don't have shoes on, so. Oh, so it's <laughs> like. It's like be very loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a shuffle. Oh, shoeless. Okay. It's kind of a metaphor. <laughs> oh yeah, shoeless oh. always. Oh okay. That's like that's like a Hawaii thing. Nobody wears shoes in Hawaii. But you're in Chicago, oh, really? so you're kind of crazy then. But yeah, I am a little bit. But it's it's nice out today. And actually, uh, when uh, people probably don't know, but we uh, built a building, like we bought a building and um, redid it. And one of the main things that I really wanted to have was a heated concrete floor. Oh, so, dang. So they they <laughs> dug up the other floor or they just yes. like... Yep. We took out, yeah, a lot really? of concrete, 6,000 square feet of lots Whoa. of concrete. And it's surprisingly very expensive to dispose of 6,000 square feet. Oh, yeah. You're ballsy. That's crazy. Yeah. I was like, just tear it out. They're yeah. like, okay. They're all, where do we put it? You're all, uh. Yeah. Uh, I can't yeah. imagine. I can, yeah. The overhead. I can tell you expenses. where I put it, but I can't because it's probably illegal. Grandma's so. backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't go back there. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> What's all know. this rubble? <laughs> Ma, uh, Grandma, I need warm floors for my bare feet. Um, I know, Deal it's an it. art installation, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. You could probably it's just, funny. like, com- like uh, have those people where they just, they break it up into small pieces and create, like, gravel for new concrete or something, usually, right? Is that with how they dispose of it? Yeah. I'm hoping something like that happened to all the concrete, but... <laughs> kitty, li- kitty litter. There you go. <laughs> Who knows? 6,000 feet of concrete to kitty litter. Yeah, yeah that's a lot of cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's amazing. That's one thing I really want to talk about too, is with like your, you know, like you've, you've obviously done your time at Digital Kitchen. Um, yeah. That's where you started, right? Is that kind of? Yeah. 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 So I um, went to school up in Rochester, New York at RIT and pretty much right after I finished, I knew I wanted to go into motion graphics and that was 2000. So kind of scarily, very long time ago. Um so there really wasn't many companies doing like motion graphics. It was a lot of flame work going on, mm. but I really, I was, I learned on a Mac and I kind of learned a little bit of Alias Wavefront. That's what it was back then. And, um, After Effects, early After Effects. And, uh, you know, I sent my work to Imaginary Forces, you and company and Digital Kitchen, because <laughs> that's the three that there were. Yeah. And, uh, and, but, I believe all of them got back to me, but Digital Kitchen was the first, and they called, and they were like, we're opening an office in Chicago. Would you like to join? And I was like, yes. Killer. That was, that was just it. And so I'm from New York originally, so I wound up in Chicago. And, you know, for me, that was, I 
I was moving for the job. 100%. I did not, it could have been in Alaska and I would have went. Awesome. Um, the opportunity so, was yeah. so good for you that you really wanted to just live it up then. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to see the city anyway. I'm going to be in the office. So <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the truth. <laughs> so the truth. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I just came and just hunkered in and you know, just learned on their dime, basically. Just learned and learned and learned. That's so. a smart way to look at it. That's how I looked at it, too. It's like you're getting education yeah. and you're getting paid to be educated. <laughs> exactly. Because, exactly. I, mean, I mean, you come from schooling, too, but um, schooling can only take you so far. It's like it's the baby step. And then once you go out into the real world and you realize that, like, oh, shit, this render isn't working. <laughs> like, I have to stay all night. And, you know, like, things like that yeah. where it's just like the world unfolds unless you do, you know, you man up to it or woman up to it yeah it's okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so gender-based saints i know yeah well we can talk about that later but i do do think i do yeah i do um do a lot of talking at schools a lot with scad and i always get the question of like oh what can you tell me when i'm graduating from school i'm like be humble because you don't know anything like yes you're coming from scad or you're coming from ringling or one of these amazing schools and yes you have a beautiful portfolio but you're coming into a situation where you really don't know anything. You don't really know how to work in a team. You don't really know how to set up your files. Like you have talent. We see that in you. That's why we would want to have you here. But be prepared to relearn everything. Yeah. Which you, know? you always should you should always feel like that, I think. You should be humbled by the understanding that you don't know everything, you know? It's, right. That's a really weird line that a lot of artists I think um, approach some, some of the artists they manage to pull it off and they manage to fool the world especially people that are unknowing that they know everything but I'm on to them I know they don't know everything no they don't <laughs> it's interesting like I think it's it's a there's a difference between knowing any everything and being confident sure in of your course. in your opinion and I, I say to my designers and I say this to my clients I'm like well you're paying me for an opinion design is an opinion like you know, once we start executing, we have a process, all that stuff. But sure, at the end of the day, we're going to either agree or disagree. And it's how we communicate and ultimately get to like the end result that makes a process good or not good, you know, and have you be emotionally connected to the end result or not. So like you're paying me for my opinion. If you don't want to follow it, like, okay, you know, yeah. like let's, let's at least keep going. I won't give up on you if you don't give up on us kind of thing. So. Yeah, definitely. And it is an opinion and it's, it's, it's an interesting opinion, you know, and, and, right. and it's, it's a personalized one and it's, and it's right. attached to so many things, you know, like, you know, personal history and all these things, right. you know, like emotions, you know, like, you know, the color red, I don't like the color red. It's like, why don't you like the color red? You know, like even things like that, you know, the opinions of things, but yeah, it's a really interesting business. And I think you hit it right, too. It's like, as a student, um, you must be humbled. And I think even as a teacher, you must be humbled by the fact Completely. that there's going to be a client that's going to come through the door at any time, or even just yourself as you develop and regrow and redevelop yourself if you're pushing, that that person is going to come in, it's going to offer you something that you have no clue what to do with, you know, and then you're going to grow and transform from it. And that's the beauty of it, I think, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, but it's also what keeps us interested, right? If we were, you know, on a factory line doing the same thing every day. Oh yeah. There's something to be prideful in there, but at the same time, like for me, yeah, maybe our pipeline's similar, but but like, you know, one day I could be doing an ad for a lawnmower, the next day like Steven Spielberg's next new film. You know what I mean? Who knows? You know, you just never know who's going to be on the end of the phone. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, I, that's a line that I always say. And I mentioned to my wife, it's like, my life can change by an email, you know, it's like yeah. what journey I choose to take and how I decide to take it and stuff. And yeah, that's a whole nother thing though. It's opportunity and seeking it and right. understanding it. So let's go back and you're, you're going, you start off at digital kitchen, which is a world renowned. They've won already a lot of awards too, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, they had just, you know, they haven't at that point won a lot of awards, but they had just finished Six Feet Under and oh. Six Day. Oh, so you and were I working with like, Danny then in the beginning. Yeah, oh yeah. I oh, love great. major inspiration. Yeah, um, he's a great guy too. he was in too. Seattle and I was in Chicago. So oh, okay. Yeah, it right. was a little bit different, but I actually think the distance made me much more aware of like the time I got with him, yeah. you know, and yes. like the communication we were having. So um, I just took major advantage of it. Um, but him and Mason Nickel were both both really like the two guys there that I, whenever I'd see a storyboard, I'd be like, damn, like, <laughs> what? Like, where did that come from? How did they do that? So they just get it was it. more just like osmosis. Exactly. They just get it and really invented that process of, you know, doing storyboards and pitching and, and like the photo realness. Um, of it all so because people had never seen stuff like that before i mean this is like we like ftps were like a rare thing you know <laughs> yeah. walking the email and just sending files around like you were still delivering on digibeta and all that stuff so we were still arguing about the pros and cons of interlacing you know <laughs> so it's just kind of a <laughs> but don't you think like we're mirroring thing. that shit with the same stuff we're dealing with now like oh 2k 4k you know use the red use the 5d it's like you know at the end of the day, I think what we're talking about, too, that differentiates this, even though there's details, it's like why we bring up Danny on is because Danny has a very unique approach to certain things. And, he, and he's got mm -hmm. a really great mind when he's solving these kind of problems. And he's got s such a long time span of developing his skill for this stuff. Right. And it's yeah. and, and, and Six Feet Under is still well, it's probably one of my favorites of his. I mean, it's what it is. It's time. I mean, like, oh, I mean, game changer for main titles and the category like by far in general yeah um yeah without question like telling a little story before the the show is yeah. uh that's from that that fell from that i mean it kind of fell from uh you know kyle kyle cooper's uh <laughs> seven God. yeah how could you forget that but you know on tv it just wasn't a thing but i also know that alan ball i wasn't around during the creation of that but i know alan ball was super you know, he pushed them, you know, and had really, really great feedback that, that made it move forward. And, and that's where it becomes like the relationship between the client and the artist and, you know, using comments to make something better, not feel like you're being attacked, you know? So, yeah. I so use a line that I think is pretty interesting that I think relates to what you're saying is like, you got to become the client's mind and not their hands. And what I mean by that is yes. you, you, you don't want them just to be like, telling you what to do you need to you got to own your position and give them options and, and, and intellectually dig yourself into it you know and that's really challenging to do because you have to literally like be super vulnerable and be willing to understand that what you might what you might be doing might not work you know even though it's like the most like it's the hardest challenge that you could face yourself with you know so i totally agree yeah. i mean i totally agree but, i mean it's like having empathy for your client wanting to have them be a part of the process and not, you know, just making them feel important because they are, I mean, they're the ones bringing you the job. So, yeah. And you course. know, like sometimes you have layers of clients, you not only have like 
the agency or, you know, the production company, but then you also have like the director and the show creator and, you know, you know, the client of the client of the client. So <laughs> that's when it gets, it gets messy. The layers there, though. To be a bit, that's what makes me mad. Not like mad, like angry, but like mad, like, like crazy mad. Cause it's just like, who, who gets to decide on your side? Who am I selling to? What's going oh, uh, on here? Yeah. That makes um, me furious. Um, because you know, I think it's the same thing. It's like, dude, I just want to make cool stuff and i want you i want the right person that is in charge to know it and right to be i happy just want to do it. this great thing for you yes exactly and when it's like delineated by like diminished by like 40 different emails to like 40 different people it's like ugh, ugh. <laughs> yeah. that's when um you have designed by a committee and and then you have diluted kind of intention and then it becomes blah you know and just like yeah. hey just make it look like catch me if you can or something it's like oh, oh. <laughs> right. cool. if i had a penny for that i'd be fucking millionaire so oh my god <laughs> or just exactly. you know like that that line but that's because you know people can only buy what they that idea that idea and um, most people just don't have the vision to see things differently and, and take the risk and i think that show itself the you know using that as a case study six feet under is it itself was a very unique show and it was a risk-taking right. show you know it kind of broke certain norms and, and stuff so i think they're already onto that like punk rock style so like fuck right. it let's break this one let's break this rule too you know why not and when you have a client that's willing to break and be free and stuff then you really have a chance to make some great stuff and that's when you get like a perfect storm like with kyle and and uh, mm -hmm. everybody involved with seven you know and fincher is this wonderful mind and he's just really crazy and you know allows allows for really cool collaborations and stuff you could see with tim miller and blur you know between yep. him, and, him and blur recently so with, with girl and dragon tattoo but sorry i'm totally jumping away but you're no it's you're totally right <laughs> we're jumping on to uh, danny and all that stuff but so you're going um, let's go back so you six feet under just came out and it just totally shook everything up because i think you even won an emmy award yeah, six, for feet that, under, right? uh, six day just came out and i just exactly yeah Bye. he did um yeah he won an emmy the well i mean yeah he paul matthias eric anderson and somebody else for i think you're allowed for people great. yeah 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 so yeah so i started there just as a designer and uh you know slowly slash quickly you know depending on your opinion of time um became like just grew and just got more and more and more responsibility and I tended to be on the pitch side of things more than the production side of things just because I was really good at it and I sold. Like, I could do a board and it would just be, like, you just couldn't keep up. I think, like, my friend said they did, like, some math a couple of years ago and they did the math and I'm still, like, the highest selling board person there, you know? <laughs> so you just, like, so what I think and for I've been those gone are... for years, but... <laughs> well, for those that are listening that aren't familiar with what we're talking about... Um, a client will come out to a, a company like Digital Kitchen and say, hey, we have this show or this project. We want a tile sequence mm -hmm. or we have commercial blah, blah, blah. Can you give us your concepts? Yep. And there's this thing called pitching where all the companies that they reach out to say, hey, Start look moving. at look at my bouquet of flowers, basically. It's like, you know, look at all these boards and concepts. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so you are just hitting home runs left and right then. Yeah, just... Just again, I think it's because I really listened to the client, but then gave it a beautiful look. Sure. You know? Sure. So, um, complimented it. Exactly. And okay. didn't fight it, you know? Um, so I just sold a lot and eventually became creative director there. And, 
you know, in 2006, it was just really time for me to leave. You mm. could tell, like, I was starting to push buttons there, you know? You were outgrowing your, like, bounds and stuff? Yeah, I just think, you know, when you, there's a few things. I mean, if I'm looking at it, you know, of course, like, 10 years later or more at this point, but... You know, I started there as a very junior artist, making not a lot of money. I was, by the time I left, I was doing a lot of business for them, feeling underappreciated and being passed over, in my opinion, for promotions and raises. And that sucks. I know that feeling too. You know, but I was still very young. I like wasn't even 30 when I left. So, yeah. So you're, you know, you're, you're like in those like boys club style company. You're not getting paid what everybody else that's doing probably half as much as you is doing. Mm. You're, like contributing, you're asking for it, you're make, being made promises and things aren't being, you know, fulfilled. And it was just kind of like, and I was getting angry, you know, I was sure. getting angry, I was getting upset. Because you're was, bleeding for it, you know. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I've worked so hard for you guys. And for me, I was going to be a lifer at DK. Like sure. I fully drank the Kool-Aid. I was all in, <laughs> you know, I was all about what we were doing, the work we were producing. Sure. Um, Good and work. so. So when it was time for me to like think about leaving, it was truly, truly heartbreaking. But it's really the smartest thing I ever did. I probably should have left about a year sooner. Yeah. Oh, did you end up like burning friendships and stuff and relationships? No, I mean, I just, I just, I think like I still have a good relationship with them. I mean, maybe until they hear this podcast, but like, Uh, I still. (laughs) Hey, if you're listening, you're getting sad. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Yeah, it's don't all be good. Mad. It is. But no, I had pretty good relationships with everybody there. But it was just like, I think they still saw this like young kid. Sure. And I'm like, and I was like, look at me, I'm all grown up, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, they just see you as a kid always. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now, of course, being like older, like 36, 37, which some people would laugh at even hearing that. Um, but being now my age, looking back at like 29 year old self, I'm like, Oh my God, what a kid I was. But at the same time, you know, actually Don McNeil, the the president of DK, he said this one thing once that really resonated me because he was pretty young when he bought into DK, he was like 30 and I go, wow, you're so young. And he goes, yeah, except it's mileage, not age. And I was like, it's true. So him to say, but I, you know, my six years at DK were like 20 years. You know? Yes, of course. That's how I say my year at Prologue was like five years anywhere else because it's just exactly. so intense. So intense. Yeah. Yeah. You get like, it's kind of like, you know, a master Yeah, program, I mean, like I, know? where I ended at, at DK. Oh, totally. I mean, like if I had ended my career at DK doing that, like I would have been very happy with like my body of work, you sure. know? Yeah. So, but it was time for me to move on and I, uh, Decided I wanted to move back to New York, so I met with Superfad, and they were their New York office was already open but growing. Yeah, Superfad got kind of big from that PlayStation thing, right? Is that the thing? Oh, huge! But yeah. I was there a little bit before that. Okay, so you went right before the storm hit, then. Right before the storm hit, so we were kind of like a big part of. It was just before. No, it's like the LA office was open, but it wasn't like really going yet, you know. Mm. Okay. And uh, I just had a really great relationship with Garrett, who ran the office, and it was run so differently than the way DK was run, like so differently. I felt like I was on a different planet, sure. You know, working at Superfad versus DK, in some ways good, in some ways not as good, but um, in some ways better. Um, but my relationship with Garrett was really, really great. He was the EP of the New York office, um, 
And we did some really great work for like the year, year and a half that I was there. But what happened was like super surprisingly as I missed Chicago, I really missed being, I like did not think I was going to fall in love with a city or resonate someplace the way I do here, but I really, I really liked it. So I decided I wanted to come back. And at that time, Superfed was talking about opening a Chicago office. I think it was just between like the owners and I kind of got wind of it. Um, but ultimately what wound up happening is because their London office wasn't doing so well, at least is what I was told, who knows like what the reality is, but because their London office off, office wasn't doing so well, they decided to, um, to just kind of like back burner it and not pursue it. But because it already like hit my brain, I was like going home, you know what I mean? So for me, I had to like make Chicago happen. Yeah. And that kind of prompted the idea of starting my own company. But I did it. And this is like the part of the story that a lot of people probably don't know because there's not written much. Nothing is really written about it. But I started actually a company with two guys, Ian Pryor and Dan Bryant, um, right when I came back to Chicago. And we called it Rebus Farms. And, it, you know, we, we labored over the name and it's t- totally stupid. Um, <laughs> but it was like right 2008, like right at the beginning, like, which is epically terrible time to um, start a business. And ultimately what happened with that was, was by, we started in January and by Thanksgiving, it was, it was over. And it was over because one, it was a little bit challenging because we were a new company and I didn't have a portfolio anymore. That's like the thing, like when you work at a company like DK, like the work is theirs. It does not belong to uh, Rebus Farms. You know what I mean? It belongs to Digital Kitchen. Aaron Sorowski may have worked on some of it, but it is, does not belong to another company. And I completely was respectful of that. Hmm. Um, so when you start a company from scratch like that, and you don't have the power of a super fat or a DK behind you, it's very, very, very challenging, especially when you can only, you can't really show work yeah. that you know, you can't show work from like digital kitchens. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Because you, it wasn't, yeah, you're, you, it's, you're using it differently. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I'm not using that. it to promote myself. I'm using it to promote a company. Yeah. That's a totally different ball game. Yeah. Like, yeah totally big ball time game. legal trouble. Like I would not have, a, yeah, huge. And you know, DK was one at Superfed. They were more chill about stuff like that. Um, but DK didn't, did not fuck around with stuff like that. They, you know, they had, a, they have in-house lawyers there. <laughs> they do yeah. not know. Yeah, they definitely mess around. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, so I wasn't gonna be a part of that, but that meant, you know, it's bootstrapping. It's people that you know that you've worked with before, and I felt like we had a really great first year, especially given that it was 2008, and you were working out of my apartment in Chicago, my condo, and you know, it, most of what we made was profit, which was great. But I wanted to put it in towards towards building you know, towards getting an office space and like hiring a couple of extra people. And, you know, cause it really was all of me <laughs> yeah. producing and doing all the work. And it, it just, it was just constant and I was like drowning in it. And, you know, for, you know, for Dan, I think everything was going well and okay, but for Ian, it just wasn't, he wasn't making enough money. He wanted to pull all the money out. Um, so when one person would take a dollar, everybody would get a dollar, you know? Yeah. So like, it's just, it just like became, like there just wasn't money for it. And for doing everything we discussed doing, it was just, you know, all of a sudden everything we talked about that was real and stuff we agreed on all of a sudden wasn't. And that was <laughs> reality yeah. came. Yeah. Reality came. And I'm Give like, well, stop taking ass. so much money. And he's like, well, I want the money. I need the money. I have a family. And I'm like, well, like 
starting a business isn't going to be easy. And I, yep. you know, just agreeing about how much you take and all that stuff. It was just such a cluster. So he kind of came to this point where he was like, okay, I'm going to get a full-time job and, and you keep working for the company, but I'm going to still take a third. And I was like, well, you can't do that. <laughs> not unless you give your salary to the company, you know, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but he's like, no, he didn't understand. He was like, well, you can freelance on the side too. And I was just like, I can't. I uh, literally spend 20 else. hours a day working on <laughs> stuff for our company. Yeah. So, so by the end of Thanksgiving, you know, by the time Thanksgiving hit of 2008, I was kind of, I was like, I don't think we're going to come to terms here. Like, if you want to go work full-time, then I will just freelance. So I made sure to fulfill all my obligations that the company made um, and make sure all the files were taken care of and everything was under control. <laughs> and, like, talk about so timely. I was struggling. I was just, like, I, like emotionally struggling. I was like, what do I do? I'm here in Chicago. I'm definitely not working at DK again. I don't want to work at a post house that has like a design arm. I just feel too passionate. I'm like, am I going to have to move back to New York or LA? Like, what am I going to have to do? And, you know, even Tool like kind of looked to me and see if I was interested in directing. And I was like, that's great. But, you know, as you know, being a director the way we're a director, you need a team. Yeah. You know, you need a team to execute. And I was like, I don't think you understand like what it what it is for a director like me. Like I have an opinion, but I also have like 15 people working with me yeah, yeah. To, to make this stuff. Yeah. Um, so well, that's, that's like, mo I mean, you know, like if you look at director of a film and like, look at the credit list, like how many people totally. are in charge of, you know? So and for us, it's, a, it's a, on a much smaller scale, but yeah, absolutely the same. But sorry, you were saying? No. So it's just like the normal director model, like wasn't really working yeah. like, the way I think you know, a bunch of people have transitioned, you know, from DK to being just like directors like Vince Haycock. He, he, you know, he does a lot of music videos, but like my style is very graphical. It's very animation heavy. And so it, it just wasn't translating. And I was just like, oh, I spent all December just kind of like being doing storyboards for friends that I'm like, don't tell anybody I'm doing storyboards, <laughs> but I'll do boards for you. Just like send me money because all the money was frozen. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, anyway, no, so it's actually an interesting story. So I have absolutely no money because all the money is frozen. And January is coming around. And I'm like, hey, Ma, can I borrow like four grand? You know? <laughs> and she's like, okay, um, that's fine. I'm like, I swear, I mean, like all the money is there. It's just I'm not going to have it for a really long time. So. Yeah. So she was really cool about it. But what happened in the beginning of January was is one of the clients we had kind of started getting engaged with um, during Rebus Farms times or the original company uh, called me and was like, hey, we got this huge job for GM. And it was out of McCann, Detroit. And I was like, that's cool, but I, I don't have a company anymore. Or it exists, but I'm not working for it. And he's like, who cares? Get yourself another company, another executive producer. And I was like, Really? And they were like, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, They're like, here's, here you so go. <laughs> well, it's kind of the craziest story. And this is when it gets into treating people well and being just straight up honest with people and, you know, just being yourself. So sure. I call my lawyer and accountant and I'm like, 
I'm like, okay, so what do I do here? Because part of like the Rebus Farms thing was like, I felt more secure because I had these two guys with me. I had Dan, who was executive producer, super talented guy, great producer. And Ian, who was supposed to take care of new business and like set up the business and all that stuff. So, so here's like me and I'm just like, what do I do? How do I start a business? Like what's going on here? So just lawyer accountant on the phone and they were like, just go to the courthouse. Here's the paperwork. <laughs> Pull this out. And, and I did, I just went down there. I'm like, I need to expedite a business. Did you get you like S Corp and stuff? You do all that crap? S Corp, the whole deal. Yeah. Um, and that's what ultimately what the name was supposed to be shortened to. Swarovski Corp was supposed to shorten to S Corp as like a funny kind of, nerdy joke for on like <laughs> the business and that's why it became the name Sarovsky because I didn't have time to think of a name yeah like I had basically a day and a half to get paperwork filled out so I can accept a job which by the way was like a two hundred thousand dollar GM job yeah perfect so <laughs> it was just crazy but here's the other thing about that job is that that was right when GM was going through the bailout oh and there was this whole crazy thing about their payment terms being 90 days post delivery uh. And if they went, if they didn't get the bailout, That's all, all of the production companies are going to be like clamoring for their dough. Yeah, you know. Ugh. So it was like a major gamble. I was like building all of this debt essentially on this. I'm like, there's no way the government's going to let these people. So whenever people talk about the bailout, and I'm like, hey, I'm the bailout. I got that money. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Laugh. Yeah. So, but that's how the company was built. And, you know, we did a few more GM jobs that year and, you know, was able to sign my old rep, the rep that initially agreed to do Rebus Farms on to do the new company and slowly grew and did work. And if, if you just like kind of look at the numbers for the company that is Swarovski, you can see it's like slowly but surely we've just grown. One project leads to another project, leads to another relationship, leads to something else. So... Yeah, you're doing something right. If it, if it's if if it's continually growing, you're like you're giving it sun and water, you know. So you're, it's you're doing something that's working, you know. So that's awesome. That's a crazy story, you know. Like and banking on that, you know. Like most people would be like, "Fuck this," you know. But right. you're, but I think you, like I said, you're seizing the opportunity. You're you're realizing there's a potential, and you're like. Mm -hmm well, what else am I going to do? You know, I'd rather, I'd rather risk all this and go for broke or, you know, um, you know, right. not, yeah. <laughs> and there's no other way, saying, you know, yes. just also seeing an opportunity and having the courage to say yes. Yeah. Okay, I'll taking the risk and not being paralyzed by it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That, I mean, there's a beauty in that, um, risk that happens too, you know, like there's a beauty in the unknown. There's a beauty in the, in the risk of it. And, and it's, and obviously in hindsight, after it all turns out to be successful, it is, you know, like when I was working on Ender's game, digital domain went bankrupt and they owed me a lot of cash and it's just it was the worst experience you know going through that and having in, in deciding to finish the film off you know like without knowing you know it's like but it's like i felt i had to finish what i started you know regardless you know and and it was just god it was such an odd odd very odd uh 
career position. <laughs> no, it's crazy. But do you, I mean, like, we get paid and like we need money to live. Nobody's <laughs> going to fault you for that. But. No, exactly. The funny thing is I would, I had a meeting one time with my accountant and my wife and my wife helps me with the business stuff. And, uh, and they were like, yeah, well you have all this cash and it's like sitting there and it's not paid. And I'm like, yeah, we'll get paid. You know, it's like by this huge company, digital domain. You've ever heard of like freaking Titanic and stuff. And you're right. And then he's like, yeah, but you, until you have that money physically in your freaking account, it means jack shit. And I'm like, ah, and, and yep. I was like, you know, don't worry. And then like two months later, bankruptcy and they owed me like a ton of cash. And I'm like, no, <laughs> how dare this happen? You know? And it's just like, and I can go later on after like deal with this lawsuit stuff. And I'll talk about it a little bit more just for people to protect themselves. But totally, literally like you'll start to realize too in business and in your business owner, obviously you understand how this stuff goes, but like no matter what, like people can just put their hands like in your pocket and take your shit, you know, like no matter mm-hmm. who you are, you know, there's always like somebody above you that can just be like, Hey, I don't care who you are. Give me your money. You know, like it's just like the worst stuff. But aside from that, it's all, for me, it's like, besides from the business bullshit, because it can be incredibly daunting and depressing, it's all about, like, the work and getting, doing cool work and being thankful to be able to do it, you know, for a living and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I digress. No, you're right. I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely become a little bit more of a balance for me, I have to say. Like, like I, I do work now, the paradigm in which, like, I accept business or pass on business is a little bit different than, you know, I would have said I would be, you know, if I were in this position now, because I mean, I have a whole team to think about that, you know, they have children and families and all this stuff. So Doesn't like, scare health- you to death? No, I think it's rewarding. <laughs> wow. That, that's why I don't have a business because it scares me to death to yeah. think that. But you have to make decisions. So like with entertainment work, we can't take every entertainment job that comes in. Even if we pitch on it, sometimes we still have to pass. Yeah, because it doesn't make money. (laughs) It doesn't make money. And I can't uh, get everybody so tied up in this work that they can't be doing work that's going to pay bills and, you know, know, do 401ks and, (laughs) you know, healthcare and all that stuff. So it's it's got to be a balance. Yeah, it's got to be a balance, and they appreciate that and respect that. So. Sure, I'm sure. Like, how many how many people you have over there at your company now? We're 14 full timers, but we have a lot of freelancers. Just yeah. come in and out throughout like the yeah. cycle of, of jobs. Yeah, and stuff. We, yeah, anywhere from four to like 15 freelancers at any given time. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Huge payroll. Yeah, <laughs> Huge yeah, payroll. it's a lot. You know, especially so. if you get like the flame artists and that kind of stuff in that range. Oh, yeah. You know, the new yeah. guys and all that stuff. Those guys get get oh, paid yeah, a lot of money. Oh yeah, super expensive. You know. Uh, <laughs> No, but like we actually just got a smoke, so we're dealing with that now. But oh, yeah. yeah, like we do use uh, new quite a bit here too, and of course, 3D is crazy. Yeah, so. I hate 3D. <laughs> After the Ghost in the Shell thing, I'm like, ah, freaking 3D, man. Uh. <laughs> I'm like writing yeah. some films right now with my buddy Anthony. I'm like, no fucking 3D, none. I don't want any of it in this thing. <laughs> it's yeah, great, well, I but feel it's like that about live action sometimes because that's just like that's just burning money in a day. You know, what true. I mean? Unless you just do it cr- correctly, you know. Like uh, I'm a big, uh, like I love There Will Be Blood, and it's like yep. if you think about what There Will Be Blood is and like how you would make it, it's like mm-hmm. of course you have certain big props and a couple big scenes and stuff, but other than that, you just have great cinematography and amazing acting and amazing script, you know. 
And it's, just that stuff. That's no it. And those are the freaking best yeah. things ever because that's that's what a movie is. It's not like you know the graphic user interface or something. You know, like that doesn't sell a movie for me at least. You know, so but everybody has a different way they like to consume this stuff. You know, and that's my own opinion. You know, but it's no, just yeah. huh. I mean, that's like you know, but again, like I'm, I feel like people call us could because we integrate graphics and you know, live action and all that stuff. So it's for me to come back with like an all live action solution or nearly all live action solution is sometimes a bit of a stretch. Just well, of course. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it becomes a challenge though, you know, and usually it's like, for me, it, it's like, Oh, you guys needed to th- really think about this before you made it. You know, like that's one thing I really appreciate about like films like Minority Report because mm-hmm. Spielberg and his producers are smart enough to hire all those futurists to like go in there and read through the script and be like, well, if you're going to do this, this is what this is supposed to look like. This is the technology, what it would look like. And this is like, he would probably be using this and there'd be like a wood, a wooden ball because wood is unique and all these like little interesting, like smart, intricate mm. details, you know? And um, for me, that's, that's super cool. It's super cool. And it's timeless too, because it's just, it still is like the king because it was a thought, you know? And that's, that's the thing I really love is like the thought, the thought process of behind these things and how to make something out of like a great thought basically, you know? So but, totally agree. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's just me from my experience. And I've been dealing with a lot of it lately. So and that's why I'm like, I, I love 3d. I, I, I just like, for me, it just gets so daunting. <laughs> it gets so yeah, daunting well, so it's, fast. It's like, and it's ah. not instantaneous. That's no, the thing that's yeah, so yeah. funny is like live action. Like you plan for it, you shoot it, you're editing, you're you're going, you're running. But yep. you know, with 3D, you're starting with nothing. From <laughs> yeah, get go and building. So yes, you're building and, and the talent, talented minds that have to create those kind of things mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's just yeah, and it's all part of a process too. It's like you might get one asset from one guy. And it has potential, but it doesn't see its potential until like ten steps later. You know, once well, it's the hard part with that, yeah, the hard part with that is just communicating with the client or whoever's buying this stuff. Yeah, because they're just seeing something and they're just like, "Am I supposed to be excited about this?" And it's like, oh yes, god, you yeah. Are. When you show them previs, they're like, oh, uh, they they shit themselves because they're like, "This yeah, looks like crap." Like, and like, no, 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 this is called previs. It's okay. It's a language that we use because we can't show you what it looks like at the end just yet. Yeah, it gets really complicated. Do you think that working heavily in 3D like allows you to grow or do you feel like, you know, like what do you see with the new developments of technology and stuff? Are you embracing it? Do you want more of it or like where are you seeing your company wanting to head towards? You know, it's it's crazy. We, I mean, we just we just finished Cap, Captain America, the title sequence for that and I have to say I've never been smacked in the face with like technology stuff more than I got it with that one. <laughs> that was just like 4K stereoscopic. Everything oh. was done 3D, but oh, textured to look flat, you know? And it was just like, it's like the wires are wrong. The wires communicating with the server need to be, you know? Like, and we have we have fiber run, but it's like now running the smoke room. Like what, like to run the smoke to the TV, like what kind of cables are those? Like that's all like bleeding edge technology, you know? And it, it's just you know, like the switches that talk to these things and like, I'm not, 
a big expert, but I at least can talk about it to a certain extent. Like sure. one, it just costs a lot of money. Tons. Because when you're on cutting um, edge, it costs so much. It just costs so much. And yeah. you're, you're figuring stuff out along with them. So we have our engineers here kind of like building stuff. And I know in like three years, it's going to be all figured out and it'll cost like an eighth of the amount, you know, but that's what it is to be doing this kind of work. So so we do it. I mean, like, I would never pass up an opportunity to work with Marvel in kind of any context on their movies. I feel like, you know, <laughs> growing up, you remember, like, the Superman titles that, like, RGA did. And you just, like, kind of close your eyes and remember these, like, very special things. A lot of them were these superhero movies and, you know, Star Star Wars and Star Trek and, like, all this stuff. And to be a part of that now is so incredible for yeah. me. Anyway. Yeah. But, well, you're living your dream, you know? Exactly. Like, and, and it's so cool to have, to me, like, when you live a dream, it's like, it's like you realize that the world you live in has this potential that you'd never seen before. And when you open up that, it's like, it's almost like, well, what else can I do, you know? Well, that's the crazy thing. It's like, we're doing work that we really, I always say, like, you know, I kind of have a two-year plan. I kind of have a five-year plan. And, you know, I was talking to somebody about cap and I was like, God, it just seems like it came really early. Sure. Sure. <laughs> of course. This is what I was like working towards, you know? Yeah. Now and then what here, next? <laughs> what next? Right. Yeah, like, yes. what do we want to do? Who do we want to be? Like, do we want to keep doing this work? Do we want Like, what do we want? It's and then it drug. starts. Yeah. It's like a, a very interesting kind of thing. And for now it's just doing more, you know, not necessary quantity, but like kind of, you know, just like upping the quality level across the board and paying more attention to detail and, you that's know. That's what separates the, the, the companies I noticed too. Like, that's one thing I really appreciated about working with Prologue is there was an immense attention to the craftsmanship and the right. detail. And that separated, I felt like separated a lot of the different jobs. But I would see something, I'd go, oh, they're just missing like the extra 10%, you know. Yeah, I mean, but I have to tell you, it's very rare for somebody to see the difference between a minus work and a plus work. Sure. You know, and well, I think... Well, yeah, most people don't have that filter on, you know, where, like, we're exactly. super nerdy, like, you know. Yeah, or even can communicate how... So my thing is, with with my guys, is, like, what I think what makes me a talented creative director is I can look at the work, and work that is really, really good, I can still say something to inspire them to make it a little bit better. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I think you have to. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You know, you. I think that's if you're going to take that lead position, you must always, you know, stoke the fire. Basically, you know, I was just recently watching. Um, have you seen Yodorowsky's Dune, the documentary about um, Yodorowsky and how he was trying to make Dune? The, the no, film? not yet. I'm writing it down though. <laughs> it's fucking killer. I think you'll enjoy it. But the thing I love, there's a lot of little things I enjoyed from it. But there was this one moment where he was saying, like, when he was getting the team together, it was like it was, it was like his dream team, you know. And he was he was saying every morning we'd have them all meet together, and you'd just give them like this big like you know fucking like war speech basically like we're going to war fucking we need this you know like and, and, and i don't think it has to be that extreme obviously but your communication and stoking the fire and stuff has got to be really uh, and powerful you know and, right. and and thankfully for you yourself like you're on location and you're able to see these people in person and and, and help them and and lead the lead them to a place of unknown you know and and, and build them and make them better you know show them their potential because a lot of people i think ourselves included don't realize our internal our potential until somebody smart or from a different perspective says, "Hey, like, how about try this?" And then they're like, "Oh shit, exactly. I changed my career right there." 
you just showed me how to use the screen filter in Photoshop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it leads to all kinds of cool stuff. But Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. For me, a good leader is able to um, try to, you know, find the best potential, you know, even if people don't realize it themselves or they hate them later on or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's just a matter of pulling that out and, and being a business owner and like a, a company creator. I mean, imagine that's got to be something that you really focus on every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, it's not a day, not a week goes by where somebody's not coming to a certain extent to me and asking about their career. You yeah. know, so I just like to be really proactive about it with everybody and um, just look for opportunities to give people to take ownership over things. Yep. I think for me, as I move forward in my career, it's it's going to be the I'm starting to have a little bit more pride, like not so much in the work, but watching other people produce the work. That's, that's what's starting to happen for me personally with the company. Like early days, it was like, look at this thing I made, you know, you know, selfish kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Which is cool. You earn it. It's fine. Exactly. And then, you know, with the company, it was still very much me, 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 me. Like I need to put this together. I need to hire the right people. I need to do this. And now it's more like, how about you take care of that? Sure. How about you take care of that? How about, I think that you're doing a great job. And if you want me to look at it, I can, but I trust you. You know what I mean? Like, and just giving them the freedom to start really taking, you know, taking it by the horns and making it theirs as well. Well, I think, yeah, that's a real smart part of leadership too, is allowing somebody to own it, you know, Mm -hmm. so that they take responsibility. So when they, when it becomes a success, they say, yeah, that's me, you know, instead of you going like, Hey, I did that shit. And then it's, and then it's a smack to the face, which you and I have been through, I think, especially what you were saying. It's like when you bust your ass for so long and bleed for something, it's, and then somebody takes credit for it. It's like, fuck you, you know, like, how dare you? (laughs) And I've dealt with that so many times. And it's just like, dude, that's why I'm on my own. Cause like, damn it, you know, and, and I get it and it's happened and it's happened to me now, even with like just projects that I have, it's like, and I'm doing it to other people un- unintentionally, and it's, t- it's such a bummer, but it's just kind of how it goes, you know? And I think that what you're saying is, like, allowing people to understand their potential of owning things, you know? Right. And giving them the, 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 the chance to, you know? So. Right, and just being like, here's your opportunity, go for it. Yeah, like, if you fuck Really up, just pointing it, it out, yeah. <laughs> like, here you go. Well, I mean, not even for that, but just to know, like, okay, like, baton, your hands. Like, I'm good call me if you need me kind sure. of thing. Like I'm here for you if you want it. If not, I'm, I'm fine. I trust you. You know, just, I think, I mean, that's just been the most rewarding thing, especially over the past year, watching people like here really rise to the occasion. That's great. Um, yeah. Really that's, rise to the occasion. Yeah. It's gotta be really awesome for you and to facilitate a place for people to grow and be a part of and stuff. It's, it's a whole different thing. I think obviously like what you're saying is like when you're by yourself, it's like more of a selfish endeavor. But now that you've created this like place and entity to, to develop and grow. And like you said, like you had you had the Captain America thing, but you felt like it just came too early. Now you're like, what's next? It's like, okay, now it's time to like really start digging in going like really what's next? Like, how do I figure right. out the next thing? And what do I want to do? What do I want my people to do? Like, what do they want to do? You know, and, and all those decisions and mm-hmm. trying to make sure it all works together. 
I, I, my hat's off to you because like that shit scares the crap out of me running a company. I just worry about my transformation and becoming something I don't want to become, you know? So <laughs> that's why well, I've, I mean, I've yeah. not done it. So it ha- it's happening. I mean, like sure. I have to embrace it at this point cause there kind of is no going back, but like the move, I mean, like I do, it's starting, I don't know, early on it was like 80, 20, 80% of my time went to the art of it and the creation of it. And 20% of my time went to the business of it. And even though I have more resources now going towards the business side of it, like I have a head of operations and I have, you know, we have an office assistant and I have, you know, accountants and lawyers and all this stuff um, in the mix, I find that more and more of my time is going to new business leads, to, you know, doing the meetings, like going to like stupid AICP that I don't even give a shit about, but for some reason I have to be there. You know what I mean? Like just stuff like that, that is, um, and I take that back AICP if you're listening, but (laughs) you know, it's just like just being out in the world and like, being accessible to people and like in a way like being like a figurehead for for this thing you know but that pulls me further and further away from the work so there's always going to be like I feel this struggle for me here to to find this sweet spot of exactly you know where I dig my heels in and say like I'm going to work on this I'm going to be a part of this or I'm going to not be you know I'm really being like very, very aware um, and making those choices because all that other stuff, it's, it is like a very strong magnet pulling you away from it. Totally. So, and it's your fact, it's the fact that you're owning what you decide, you know, and, and, right. and living with the, the responsibility of, of that, what that choice leads you to, you know? Exactly. Do you have family? Do you have kids or do you have like, you know, significant no. others and stuff? I don't know in a way, in do you a way want to, or is, I mean, cause that's, that's one I thing that's know. been a really interesting thing for most creators yeah. and finding that balance, it's, you know? fascinating i will listen definitely to a few of your podcasts i listen to danny and a, and a few others and i you know i know philippe and you know even like the guys in my office like everybody has relationships and kids and all of this stuff and i'm definitely not asexual <laughs> but i like i i have a trouble having relationships just because i feel like I mean, I, I rarely date people, even in my own city. You know, I tend to like see somebody in New York or see somebody in LA, or you know, oh, because but the never distance really, and the significant, yeah, like, yeah, allowing yourself. It's to have nice. The, yeah. it, there's like this big amount of freedom, and sure. it's like, well, oh, well, I'm gonna be in town. Let's hang out. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Means. But like, it's a, uh, it's like the idea of kids is very scary because I, you know, <laughs> I see what happens to people once they have them, especially oh, yeah. women, and it changes you. And I would say in a good way, but uh, like, I feel like in a way that would really just be paradigm changing um, and possibly get in the way of what I'm trying to do here. In what you've set up and stuff. So it's almost like your business and and what you're developing is your child, you know, like, because the way you talk about it and what you're saying is very much like a parent to their child, you know, which is, yeah, you know, like, you know, catering and living for it and, you know, eating, sleeping, you know, like just doing it, you know, like being committed to it and the experience of it too. So the only reason I ask, and sorry if it's a personal thing, I was just curious because this, this business, it it has many different facets as we know, and, and the, the family dynamic, the juggling of it, the, the balancing act that it takes to have a family within this industry is incredibly challenging because of, you know, a family is basically a full-time job. Like almost like if you have a family, it's like you just can't even have a job because 
that's the most important job that you have is raising a new entity into this world and the unfortunate part especially for me when my own experience is that when I do you know I have my family obviously but it's so challenging for me to give my all to my wife give my all to my daughter so I've been like seeing a therapist actually help me with the tools you know because nobody nobody knows this shit or how to do it right you know and so I'm Mm -hmm. I'm getting like a lot of really awesome advice and how like basically tools that is helping me so much and it's been such like an amazing like it's like, wow, like all my life, somebody was saying like the sky was blue, but I thought it was red, you know, like one right. of those coincidental things, you know, so, and I'm rambling on here, but what I'm saying is like, it's, it's, it's challenging and it's hard to balance the life with the family and stuff. At the same time, I think it's just as challenging to probably do it without, you know, because it's just all encompassing. Yeah. It's all involving. It's, it's a challenging thing to do because when you, you dedicate everything to it, it's, it's. Like I call my work my mistress, you know. Right, and it, well, it, it is. definitely is. It yeah. is, and it, it'll own you forever. There'll always be emails. There'll always be people wanting your time, and it's up to you to decide to turn that on or off, you know. And so, and what's more important to you, you know? So, right. Yeah, like, but I mean, if you, I can tell, like, with what you're doing here and with your baby, basically, it's cool that the way you're approaching it and the way you're looking at it and stuff. So, and it's only going to get bigger and grow and, you know. Well, I mean, that's the question, right? Like. (laughs) How much do you want it to grow? Well, how much do you want it to grow? How much of it, you know, like some people live to work, some people work to live. And, you know, some people say that there's a balance and you're clearly working on that. But I just, you know, I feel like there's always going to be something that's pulling you in an uneven direction. And I, I just don't think that, it's, I don't know. I don't think for a woman, I, it's just a, I don't know. I feel like even though I shouldn't say stuff like I say, I just think no, it's different for think. a woman. It, well, <laughs> of course it is. It's different for girls, you know, for ladies totally. than it is is for men. Yeah, um, let's dig into that family. actually. Well, yeah. of course it is, you know, like I look at my wife, my wife's an incredibly strong woman. That's why I love her so much. And she's incredibly, you know, independent and smart and and all these things that I just admire about her because like my mom growing up was very smart and very strong and very um, proud, you know, proud of being a smart woman and having a brain and and, and not wanting to just do one thing. Um, But I know for a fact just by being raised by a woman because I didn't know my birth father my entire life, just being close to my mom, I just... It's a totally different fucking story for you guys, yeah. you know? And that's another thing I wanted to talk about because, like, for you and your success, and this is, like, you know, let's all be honest, this is kind of like a man's domain is, still. You yeah, know? It this is. is not for the ladies. Like, it should be, though. General. It should it be. It should be, and, and it could be, and yeah. it's getting better. I got, a, I, I, got a, I caught a lot of shit from people not having more women on the podcast, and I'm like, dude, it's like... <laughs> I, and and it was funny when I had Jessica Hish on. I was like, you know, I'm not trying to be like I'm filling a woman demographic. I'm just like when people come into my life and I and I embrace them and I and I want to talk to them. That happens, you know. Right. And it just so happens the average of men in this industry is far higher, but Way doesn't higher. mean that the women are as important. It's just that there's a different there's ratio, just you know. Less of us too. There's one yeah, to fifty because yeah, because yeah. <laughs> after fifty podcasts we did one, <laughs> but it's no, basically uh, that is basically it's probably even less. Yeah, know? probably is. But the but like even like my friend Lisa Bolant from like a prologue, she like crushes. She's super talented, you know. 
but I mean, they're, they are few and far between, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, it is because of that, you know, I think, and maybe because, I mean, I don't know, you'll, you'll know, and you'll be able to speak about it more. So I'll just shut up. But how is the experience for you being a woman, being successful, figuring out like your own pacing and setting and developing yourself? Have you had some obvious, like heavy hurdles to develop or go get past? Right. Um, if I did, I probably didn't know that it was happening. I think we've only consciously lost one job because they weren't comfortable with a female director. And it was just from like inside scoop that we got that, you Mm, know? Yeah. Um, so I think it, like it probably happens more than I'm aware of, so to speak. Um, but I think, I don't know. I mean, like, G, like growing up at GK, that I always say growing up at GK, that's totally what it was. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, um, you put your, you know, you get your stripes there. That, I mean, that was a super boys club. It was run by two two guys, you know, Don, who's like a guy's guy, and Paul, who's like um, Paul Matthias, who's not a guy's guy in the way that John is, but like a little bit more artsy but also still a guy's guy you could all you know, guys are just, guys guys all of us yeah i mean they're just more comfortable <laughs> around men and like sure just like even in the reviews and stuff like how they worded things like i you don't even realize it when you're when i was in it at least i didn't realize it when i was in it i look back now and i'm like oh my god and they like they just were so inappropriate and coming from me like one of the most inappropriate people sure um like they, it was just, it was a difficult place. I mean, I definitely got paid less than the dudes around me. And that came up because, you know, I wouldn't even have known if somebody's wife didn't tell me that uh, so-and-so was making less than so-and-so who like, turns out I'm making like 50% less than so-and-so, oh, man. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a so it's like, and then when you come back and you're like, Hey, like, give me a raise. And they're like, no, what are you going to do? Leave kind of thing, you oh, know? And wow. then you don't, it's like, you know, Okay. but it's just part of like growing up and learning too. Like, you know, I don't necessarily think I was paid less because I was a woman. I think I was paid less because they could pay me less because I didn't know what I was worth. Sure. Exactly. You know, so so there's like, then I guess, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, I have, I have a nine year old daughter and and my big thing that I want to make sure I do with her is just empower, give her her the understanding of self-respect Exactly. She's going to do whatever the hell she's going to do. I can't control that. You know, I'm not going right. to use fear to control that. I'm going to use education and, right. uh, and enlightenment basically to help her navigate and be aware of her own self potential. And, you know, and like, and so, yeah, but I'm sorry, you're just saying. No, but I think like part of, I mean, what I went through at DK was, I mean, like, thank God I was so naive as to what was really <laughs> going on. You yeah. know what I mean? I was just so unaware because I was so focused on the work. I mean, sure. I was, so into it um and then when I kind of came out of it and realized like okay this this isn't going to work out long term for me here I you know kind of like came out and went to super fat and and was just like you're gonna pay me what I'm worth and I probably took it like too far in the other direction you know what I mean but they were super respectful like I feel like Garrett probably understood where I was coming from because you know he had actually kind of dealt with DK in a few scenarios um so I think he like kind of knew where I was coming from. So without saying it, he was probably like, you know, being cool about it. Sure. Um, but the first thing I did after leaving DK was beat them on a huge job for super fad. <laughs> so you're all boom. So boom, here's yeah. your half a million bucks gonzo to another company. <laughs> Doesn't it so hurt too when you win those kind of jobs and then you're working for a company and you know 
like you just you come across an invoice or something you're just like you know Fuck. i have to say now owning a company i was never yeah, let me like hear that, that perspective you know that's good that's good i have to like and i i feel in a way it's hard because like i you can't just like outright say stuff like this to people but like say somebody's coming in they're working for 40 or 50 grand a year like a new producer or a new designer and they hear like the job they're working on is like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right yeah all encompassing though to pay the turn that keep the lights on yeah like everything yeah like that covers the space that covers like they're also not thinking like we just supply like disability insurance for that like there's (laughs) so much that we're as a company taking care of Uh, it's a fart in the wind that stuff and (laughs) and it's gone like it evaporates like so fast yeah. and and the reason the budgets are that high is because they need to be in order to support a place like this yeah you know yeah um so i i get that it's got to be a little bit hard to swallow but it's not like just all going into my pocket and i think especially here at this company people can really see you know working here or being a client working here or just being in the space you can really feel that the money is you know, for the most part, going back into itself and really feeding everybody, like both on the personal side, like yeah. with the kind of work that I'm still bringing in, yeah. you know, and making sure we're still doing kind of work that feeds our soul, but also, you know, making sure we have a beautiful space that people are well taken care of, that, you know, everybody's getting their raises. We don't like put people off for months and months and runs months after their years up. We sit down, we have the conversation, they get their raise, period. Like, yeah, that's we good. don't fuck around. I think that's right. the best way to do it, you know, because right. then you're going to have animosity and you're going to have like a bunch totally. of people that are upset. And when you're creating stuff, like the last thing, it's like making love. Can you imagine like making love and being like, I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> I can. And it's the best kind. <laughs> oh, man. Just, or you don't have a weird relationships. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. That's me. <laughs> no, but um, you know, like when you're creating, it's got to be, you got to try and have a yeah. good clean thought. The last thing that you want your creators to be thinking right. is like, I fucking hate that dude, you know. <laughs> totally. And spending totally all their agree. attention on it, you know. I mean, in general, my rule is to be as generous with somebody as possible to the point at which they're not taking advantage of me. You know what I mean? For me to really understand and feel what the line is and to know what somebody's value out there is. And if they can get more somewhere else and they want to be somewhere else, then they should do that because that's what's right for them. But for me to know for my company and this place and their peers what's fair, you know? Yeah, and supporting that and understanding that, you know? Yeah. For sure. That's good. I mean, that's a good way to be. I think if you if you keep yourself on the surface and you're willing to allow, like, you know, people to have their judgments and stuff. But if you're like, hey, this is just me, you know, like the understanding of that. It's like a really beautiful, right. powerful place, you know. Then you don't get caught up mm-hmm. in, like, who am I? And, like, did that person hate me for this reason or whatever, you know? And then you're just completely right. lost, you know. But that's awesome, well, you know. And then you're authentic and it's, yes. and then you can say, and like, that's what makes me be able to sleep at night. You know what I mean? Like that's I'm good. just being like as good of a person as, as I can be to these people and whether they know it or not, like, you know, wh- whether it's not the raise they wanted or w- not the offer they wanted or whatever, it's, it's what the company can afford. And in, per- in doing that, that is also protecting them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if I overextend a little with them, I have to overextend a little with everybody. Yeah. And, you know, you just have to, you have to be very careful. You have to be careful. Yeah. 
you do. I think that's important, you know, like allowing yourself, you know, that, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Do you think, is there, is there, um, I'm going to ask you, is there people, is there somebody that you really admire in this industry or a designer or somebody that's, I mean, I'm sure yeah, there's a I mean, lot, there's a lot of people. I think the, you know, it's hard. Like, I feel like there's people in places and times. I feel like there's people that seem to have shined like really bright at a specific moment. Sure. And you know, and I just that's my biggest fear is that like our light's gonna get really bright and then we're gonna dim out. You know what I mean? I just I don't want to be that company that was really you know had its moment and it's now passed which is <laughs> i think part part of how you know companies come and they rise and they're you know part of it's like you're the new kid on the block you know what i mean and so yes. people are all you know they're even though we're not they just all of a sudden are you did something high profile so they're just starting to notice you yeah like, you know maintaining that you know like the quality of pentagram or even imaginary forces over the years you know they grew they build they I don't know like the ins and outs of what went on there or, but they've definitely had their ups and downs, but somehow they keep attracting really great talent and, and going through phases of churning out really amazing work and clients are loyal. So you have to wonder like where that's coming from and how that's, how that's coming about. But yeah. Yeah. Keeping your longevity and keeping, you know, yourself sharp. I think um, I brought him up a lot of times, but there's that Stefan Sagmeister, I think is his name. No, of course. And of course, like how I I like his maturity and how he approaches, you know, the idea of what it is to do good work for yourself and understanding that it's not about just like, go, 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 go. It's a matter of like consuming and and thinking and ideation and developing yourself so i see him more as like a mind you know rather than like Mm -hmm. an execution genius i think he has some awesome stuff that is in that realm as well but the thing that i attracts my mind personally is that i like that he approaches problems differently than a lot of people and in in the way that he does and i think if if you touch it if if you like focus in on that you have if you have a good team that you admire and push and it's like Pixar, you know, it's like, I'm just mm-hmm. amazed by Pixar, you know, like their, the last couple of films, I'm sure they're not as strong as like Finding Nemo, you know, or The Incredibles, but I think they're about to hit another stride coming up here in a second. Their next, mm-hmm. like, but I mean, Up, you know, is such a phenomenal oh, film. Oh God, yeah. You know, it's like, and how can they continually make those things? And I think it's about, like you said, I think it's about trust and, and respect and giving people what they need. Mm-hmm. helping them grow, you know, not out of fear, but out of like, just pure, like passion, you know? Yeah. And allowing that to grow. Pixar is one of my favorite companies. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people look to them as being like, finally the place that's figured it out, you know? Yeah. Like, Have yeah. they? <laughs> I, want, I always wonder like, because even for a company my size, which I would say is fairly a small business, even though we do a nice amount of money a year, but like, I think about, you know, they're owned by Disney now, right? And yeah. You're you're like everything so, is owned by Disney except my underwear. Right. Yeah, and it might be. <laughs> Check the fine print. I know. You know? It's like Disney, <laughs> fucking Disney. And I just, you know, I. That's the thing I don't understand that's happening right now. Just like in the world in general, like. What the, Disney? Every, <laughs> no, well, but everything's being glommed up by something bigger. It's like, gr- it's why? scary and gross. It's, it's monopolizing. It's so, yeah. 
it's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just fascinating and crazy. And yeah. I, I just don't know. I mean, you had like those two huge, um, you know, uh, Omnicom and was it publicist group like about to merge and they're not, but it's, um, I'm probably saying the names wrong, but the two giant holding companies of all the advertising agencies kind of fusing into one. And it's just like, you know, bajillions of dollars. And you're, you're like, to what end? Like, yeah. like, what are you guys trying to hide? Like each of, to me, it's like, what are you each trying to hide that this merger is going to cover up even more, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, I don't know. Maybe that's just okay, like, yeah. okay. Well, if you're yeah. talking about the merger and the Disney thing, yeah, cool. I mean, I don't get me started on the whole Disney thing. Cause I'll probably but burn I a just, ton of bridges. So, but yeah, well, I, but I just don't, I mean, and I, you know, I do a lot of work with Marvel and you know, the first thing that happened upon getting the Marvel job was Disney sent a security expert oh, to our God. office it's, and yeah, like, they're heavy dude. Oh man. This, this was no joke. I literally just finished building my office and all of a sudden I'm like, redoing it a little bit for Disney, Disney specifications, yeah. you yeah. know, and it's just like, Oh my God, but okay, we'll do it. You know, I get yeah. it. I get people are going to want to try and steal the movie and it's going to be housed here. Some totally. of it anyway, yes, you know? Yes. So, but so I, it's just, it's just weird. It's a weird practice, especially when you're involving creative like mm-hmm. endeavors and stuff, you know, when you, when you put everybody together in the same monopoly, you're going to get like the same thing kind of, you know? So, right. And, and that's the thing I think was, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's one of my favorite documentaries it's called a Pixar story. And it's oh, yeah, about, of course. one yeah. of my favorites. And, and the thing that really motivates me, it motivated me tremendously in the beginning of my career because it was about like, you know, tr- trying something different, pushing yourself mm-hmm. in adverse situations. And, and that's what John did. And he, you know, he was lucky enough to be smart and, and, and open-minded enough to have, yeah, to know Steve and, and all the rest of the guys mm-hmm. that, you know, contributed to making it happen and bringing on guys, amazing guys like Brad Bird and, you know, those kind of people, those crazy talents and letting them just fly, you know, it's very smart. But what's happening, I think what you're saying now, and I guess, yeah, damn it, why do you have to bring that up? But yeah, <laughs> no, well, it's just like, hey, well, you know, like in order for us to like hit the three-year-old demographic we have to have a pony and it's like dude this story doesn't need to have a pony in it you know and right and so that's why like if you think about it like look at disney as a company like they haven't made an amazing film and forever like forever you know like back since like the lion king and like jungle book you know like lion king was like one of the best the last best big things that they did i think that really broke away there's also like aladdin and stuff there was they had a they had a and not that i'm saying that wasn't beautiful all the other work i mean the the animation the craftsmanship is just phenomenal but you can you can tell the cell the the soul of the intention they would never make an alice in wonderland the way they did before but that's one of their that's one of their best films of all time for me my opinion because it's a brilliant Mm -hmm. masterpiece of like animation you know and it's just such yeah. a great fun risk-taking story you know well and look what happened when they remade it for for film man Crazy. it's like why don't you make something cool you know we all want it so now do you think they know do you think they know that it's terrible before they put it out i don't I think mean, anybody truly. has the intention to make crappy films i totally agree with you but, but i don't you gotta be really, know that they know you have that to be it's incredibly, that bad. you have to be incredibly dense not to realize that or or you have to be like so so consumed in yourself that you have no perception right because come on now come on guys come on son <laughs> come on son 
Yeah, you know, it's just, I don't I know. Mean, but people, I mean, that's... Because they do focus group stuff. They focus group the shit out of everything, too. But they should so. do that, though. I don't know. It's, but they do. I know. That's you know? the problem, though. That you're, that's when you get designed by committee. If I were to sit there and you said, hey, I should draw a picture of a flower. And I said, well, you know, I need a team of, like, 40 execs and, like, a focus group and blah, blah, so that it appeals to you. And then I come back to you with, like, this fucking weird-looking thing. And you're like, what the hell is that? And like, well, it's the flower you wanted. You're like, no, it's it's like a big compromised piece of shit. And that's what a lot of these things, I think, become, you know, unfortunately. And the thing that kills me is that people kill themselves for these things. They, they stay up oh, totally. late. They don't have time with their family. They work super hard on these things. And they do amazing work. The visuals are usually just so amazing yeah but it's like how could you drop the ball on the most important thing which is a story and it kills me right you know and that's why i i often just go back and i watch like some of my favorite films like um like et or you know just some of the For classics sure. you know because like it's a perfect melding of things you know i was just talking to some dudes at warner brothers about that like you know the the, the beauty and power of those films you know and and what that we need to bring that kind of stuff back because it's that's what makes it fun, you know. So, but yeah, I'm glad that you're yeah, blunt and honest about it. So, <laughs> and, no, I mean it's just crazy, especially because we, I mean, we get pilots for everything, like sure. almost every TV show we've seen or pitched, or it's crazy. And you're like, what some of it is like you you think it's funny, but you know it's going to die because yes. of where it's going, what network it's on. And you're like, well, that really is hilarious, but good luck keeping that thing around, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so context is a, a little bit of, of, of the situation, but then you see some shows and you're like, how did this get made? Like, <laughs> like we've seen this first of all, 50,000 times. Like yeah. if I hear another like person describe a show as like, okay, I know there's this, you know, that, He's a rock star, but it's all about his family. It's all about, you know, the family. And it, we, we consider this to be a family drama, with uh, a little bit of comedy. And uh, I, I'm like, yeah, but like the cool part is that he's a fucking rock star. So can we please just do a main title of a rock star? You know, no, 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 no. It's about family, you know? And it's just like, no, <laughs> oh, you do your own main title then, you know? Yeah, but seriously. It's hard, you know? Like, because it's, it's all the same thing regurgitated with like a slight little twist. Like, okay, you changing that lemon to a lime really hasn't changed anything, you know? You know? Unless somehow the character resonates with the audience in sure. some kind of crazy sort of way, you, you know, know? Who, yeah, and that's yeah. when you have something special. You know, who I think is also to blame for this kind of stuff is the audience. You know, P- people like mm. a lot of crappy stuff. So, you know, well, I mean, CBS is the, you know, they have the best dramas on TV, not because they're the best dramas. You know what I mean? Like it's because everybody watches CBS for some reason. I don't know any of these people, but like, yeah, me neither. Who are you talking about? But, but <laughs> I mean, but no, like if good. you look, but if you look at the numbers, CBS crushes AMC, hmm. like crushes, like hmm, people are watching dancing with the stars. People are watching. Yeah. Um, uh, like, what is that show about like the cop family, like blue bloods people are, are watching. Like I worked on ghost whisperer. I was nominated for an Emmy for ghost whisperer. It ran for like a hundred seasons, you know, and it w- had such good ratings and I didn't know a single person that watched the show. Yeah. That's weird. And I'm just like, how is that possible? How yeah, is it possible? It's like fabricated. For this? <laughs> we wonder like, 
Maybe we're just in a weird pocket, though. So. Well, we are. We're for sure the minority. I mean, like, I don't know, like, which way you slant, like, liberal or conservative. I'm assuming all the liberal. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, but I like, guess. <laughs> you wonder where, like, how, like, for me, it's like, how is half the country? You know, like, how are we still having the gun debate? How are we still having yeah, same-sex like marriage hell? debate? How are we still having the debate about women getting equal pay? Uh, you know, what the hell? You know, yeah. How are we still having a, a debate about racism? You yeah, know, yeah. like, or drugs? You know, like, how are these even open for, you know, like, debate. how is in yeah, like, what, <laughs> like, since, like, and the idea that facts are Single-celled aren't facts organisms and, going on here. And, it's crazy stuff yeah. that we decided on hundred years ago is coming up for question again. Like maybe we should rediscuss evolution. How about we not? How yeah. about we not rediscuss evolution? You know? Yeah. How about oh, we just man. talk about the color of your logo and how big it is? There you go. <laughs> yeah, because that it's, is it's a way losing. more important than us redebating evolution. <laughs> That'd be it's crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy. It is, and you know, like. I think, you know, the more I become aware of these things and become, I guess, more spiritually sound and confident in my own belief systems, the less I care about what other people think. And then I just kind of feel like, kind of, right, like sad for them, I guess. And not sad, because that's right. pity and that's rude. That's not what I'm talking about. But I just feel like, like, damn, like, why you got to be like that? <laughs> you know, like, uh, can't you see it? But I guess at the same time, it's all perspective. You know, if I'm seeing something strongly, then they must see the opposite strongly because that's how the world gets around, you know? So, right. It's just really Except weird. your opinion is probably coming from an educated standpoint, Op- a- an opinion of questioning opinions. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's what life is about. It's a question yourself and, and, and right. Knowing. And that's what you're trying to teach your daughter to do. Right. But then yes. there's like, I do believe like that there are people, you know, out there that are born into a certain way and that's where they stick, of you course. know, heels in. Yeah. I'm not learning. I know what I know. I know I'm right. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's scary place and while, to be. Right. And while we talk about evolving and growing and like me with my guys here and you with your daughter and like if I ever have children, like if I ever have children, the one thing I would want to do is raise them to be whatever they want to be. Yes. Of whatever course. like they're. You can't like, control what they're, you're, you're dealt right. with your kid. You just encourage yeah, them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just help them become the, the best part of their self they can be. Yeah. Um, so I just. It's so challenging, you know, I can't even imagine, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's funny because as I get older, I just look more at the world as, as this thing, you know, and we're like this company, it's funny because this company is a small piece of it. And I believe so much in the company culture and how we all feel here and like the vibe of the place, not only the vibe, like to the external people, but how we are to each other and how we treat each other. And, you know, how, you know, whether you're the EP here or, you know, a PA in for a day, like you all get an equal amount of respect and we are all peers and we're all in this boat rowing together, you know? So it's, and that's just not how the world is. The world is all about this hierarchy and, you know, yes. it's, it's just crazy. I, you think know? It's, I, think, uh, I think from my experience, I think it's because people, I think it's a way that we itemize things in our mind. Yeah. And I think that people like to quickly itemize things, you know, and mm-hmm. like, um, ah, I'm trying to put my words to, because I, I, I see the reason why these things are happening, you know, like through right. my own experiences. And it's like, you know, like 
if you had to say like you know i don't know like a title sequence and if you had to list off everybody that was involved instead of just saying like yeah that person did it you know it's like almost like right. it, it helps people itemize it and go like okay that person did it itemized done on to the next thing you know and especially in a day and age where it's about like more consumption faster consumption right. rather than like it, you in wouldn't depth, believe how yeah. many people don't read oh my god you know like that, yeah oh man the amount of people that didn't like when we released the ghost in the shell thing just the amount of confusion it's probably my fault too because i didn't say hey we're like Gregory Crutzen style here. We're making like crazy production just for one image. Why? Because we're crazy and we love it, you know? Right. <laughs> and it's like in a day and age where people people are like, oh, why don't you make the movie? It's like, yeah, okay. Do you have like a hundred million dollars like just to make the introduction? Because that's what it's going to cost. It's incredibly taxing. Tons of money and tons of effort. But the internet and people in, in general, and I think maybe it's just due to like excitement and happiness and stuff and that's cool. But it's just like, the utter confusion it's like oh damn it <laughs> and it's like it just reminds me that people myself included don't read necessarily right. you know and it and it and, and what i'm saying here is that i think that that's the way that it's become is like itemizing and moving on right. you know and that's where a lot of the confusion happens you know and right. you know i don't know the progression of things is really interesting i bring up a book called the shallows a lot it's a book about like what's happening to the human mind based off the technology and how we consume things now it's very totally interesting. different yeah well it's like we don't think anymore and there's like that yeah. whole tumblr generation you know right but well, we think about how to get the information not what the information is yes. i find myself doing that you think like search terms you don't think about like hey what did i learn when i was in the fifth grade about earth science yes, you know yes unless you really take the time to think about it and i think that's another thing what we're talking about that's a problem is that there's time right people are putting time dimensional time onto things so it's like okay well we have a season so we need to have another season and we have to have another season it has to be right. done at this time it's like sometimes in life to create a masterpiece it takes an entire lifetime to do and you can't right. you can't just push it every day you know and for me i'm like i'm impatient so I, i'm you know I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that always but at the same time, I understand that not everything must come as as quickly as it sh as people would like it to be. You know, some things should right. take time and in, in development. You know, in in order for them to be maturely or like embraced properly. You know, look at the film like Blade Runner when it first came out. People hated it. Right. It was a total failure. Thirty years later, it's like a masterpiece. You know, it's like people weren't ready right. for it then, but it take it took thirty years for people to actually start to really take another look at it. And, and then build it out and what do people's opinions matter not much really you know only your own opinion matters you know especially much, if you're yeah especially if you're a content creator and you're creating your own thing that's what matters you know what you think is important you know so but these are questions that are important to ask you right know? i think and that's what i ask myself you know and i'm trying to create great things you know so but it's fucked. <laughs> the well, system's fair. crazy. It's it's interesting. It's fun and interesting talking to you because like you obviously do a lot of work for yourself and you think very, you know, specifically about like your own kind of contribution and like imprint on it, like in a very artistic kind of way. You know what I mean? Like, like it's interesting. Like when I hear you talk, I feel I feel like okay, I'm talking to an artist here. Where with <laughs> me, I, it's crazy. But I, I mean, like, and some people might not like that I'm saying this, but like when I I think of myself as a designer, not necessarily an artist. Sure. Like I'm, 
you know, and there's a difference. Like I'm not necessarily just doing work for myself. I'm doing work for other people. Um, and in order for me to be a happy, fulfilled designer, I want it to be artful and beautiful and I want people to get value and I want it to stand out in the world and set itself apart and all that good stuff. I want it to be artful, but like as soon as somebody's paying you for something, it's kind of like, it's just as much theirs. So I, it's, it's interesting because, like, I think about, you know, making a movie and I think about, well, how much money will I need to do that right? Will I be able to pay people? Am I going to have to ask for favors for everything? <laughs> like, I'd ra- you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'd rather just, like, have the money to be able to do it the way I want to do it. Sure. So, when I, when I hear you talk about that and you're like, $100 million, I'm like, I think we could scoop up $100 million somewhere. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, crazy enough to think that. You know what sure. I mean? Like, well, well, who can I call? Like, where can we get this money to make this happen? Like, <laughs> It's, you know, there, there's people that are willing to invest and there's definitely things and you're absolutely right. I'm definitely coming from an artistic point of point perspective. Right. When I design, it's, it's always from like the inside child, the inner child, you right. know, it's like, it's my intentional thing. And it's like all day, I'm just having a relationship with my screen. And, right. and when you're, when you have that relationship with your screen, it's like, you're just looking at yourself, you know, through the design and building out from there, you know, and. And that relationship you have, it, it, right. it has the destination and it has the idea, the ideation and all that kind of stuff. And it builds from there, you know, so, but yeah, I definitely approach everything from that. Like, that's why I like when I do sketches, I usually sketch out the idea quickly, okay. like on a thumbnail before I even approach the computer, you know, because that to me is more important, yeah. but but other, other designers have totally different ways of going about it, you know, they're like, oh, I'll start with typeface or I'll start with a grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, and you know, so. That's what makes it beautiful when you see something great. It's like, wow, this guy did something totally different. You know, he approached it totally different because he's being himself, you know, or right. she's being herself, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You keep correcting her. Like, well, I, you know, I know. I'm, no, I'm, I'm aware cool. of it, though. It's I'm funny. sensitive it's to funny. that. You no, know, but I'm aware yeah. of that, though. I mean, that's, you know, it's, I'm aware of that because I'm, like I said, I'm sensitive to it just because of my upbringing and stuff and, and I'm aware right. of it, you know, so, and I think it's important for everybody to be aware of that too. And that's why I commemorate you for what you've done because it's not easy, I'm sure, you know, and, um, and I think it's actually, once you earn it, it's like even that much more kick-ass, you know, cause you're like, damn, I freaking did it, you know, like, yeah, like it's like the Oprah thing is like, gets me so pumped cause I'm like, dude, you freaking killed it, man. <laughs> crushed. You crushed it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. You know? going beyond yourself and and the norm you know so yeah Yeah. well I think you know it's hard I think that like just like the whole woman in a place of power or whatever it's it's also hard for like the guys that I think at times who work for me I think I also get a specific kind of person here or a specific kind of guy um who even wants to work here or who wants to you know what I mean sure like they wouldn't in instinctively have to be able to communicate with a woman and be able to, you know, you know, play ball, so to speak. But, you know, and it's not going to, like, there is like, it's so funny. Like the guys here started this thing called man time, like (laughs) (laughs) like at three o'clock, they make coffee. It's actually like kind of girly, but they they all get together and have coffee and it's like man time, you know, and they have like even a song and everything. And it's so funny because like the girls aren't like allowed Okay, no, oh, oh, sorry, somebody was coming in the door going like, what is, what is happening? <laughs> um, but it, it's just, you know, <laughs> she's like, you're still on the phone, what's happening? Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, like, you're everything's doing, fine. Doing a podcast, it's I'm okay. just on the phone. <laughs> um, 
But no, 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 no. It's totally cool. Okay. No, I, this is on the calendar. They have to respect the calendar. Oh, okay. Otherwise, there is chaos. <laughs> the calendar is the great, you know, you know, the almighty calendar. The thing that makes everything okay. If it's yeah. on the calendar, you're okay. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, but I mean, like being a guy working for for a lady has got to be a little bit challenging, just because it's it's paradigm changing. Like most guys don't work for girls. Girls work for guys, but girl guys don't work for girls. So. It's a big deal for them here. Sure. You know, imagine negotiating a salary with a girl, you know, like just, I mean, you most, wouldn't care, people. but it's like a thing, you know, yeah. I think, you know, it, you know, it's just fascinating. I, and, and interestingly, I've never had, you know, I've negotiated a bunch of salaries and every single, almost every single guy has like countered or countered somewhat aggressively, you mm. know, maybe to the point at which it's like, Hey, like, we're there, you know what I mean? Like we're not, you know, done, you know, to a point where I've kind of had to dig my heels in Yeah. and not a single woman has ever countered ever even countered, hmm. even countered. What is that? Right. Like yeah. in what universe, you know, and then I'm like, okay, you're supposed to counter and this is where we're supposed to land. So that's what you're going to get paid. I've literally said that yeah. it's, it's crazy. I'm like, come on, you know, Hmm. This is how this works, you it know. It could be the generation it's, shift, though. I think my daughter's generation, generation is going to be a lot different. I know? hope so. I, think I so. really, really hope so. I think like I think it has to, you know. It has to. I think it. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny because I feel like a couple steps forward, a couple steps back. It's sure. you know, but you know, I don't know. Girls are smart. I, I do think like the the family being a mother is it's always going to be a draw away from career because I don't know about this, like having it all thing. And, no. and I, I don't know if it's, if it, that's just me and you can have it all. But I think if you're going to be like deeply, deeply passionate about something, it's likely going to be your children and your family, you know? Oh yeah. It changes. Um, yeah, it like you. it's funny. I was watching this thing on Indira Gandhi the other day. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She she was like this amazing leader and had these kids and she was great and then her kids got older and she started putting her son and you know her I think her older son in a place of power and he he decided he wanted this policy of like sterilizing men as like a, a problem to deal with their problem of overpopulation and Whoa. this woman who's a brilliant brilliant woman all of a sudden is like super cool with this program because it's her son's idea like whoa. like whoa right so I do think. That like as a woman, once you once you have children, you change. Of course, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you should. You have to change. If you, if you don't, yeah, then you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Then something's even wronger. Yeah. So, you so might your fear of change yeah. is as is understood, and I get it. You know, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think it just it just happens, and I I don't know. I just like the idea of having it all is just really rough, and I think for guys, guys are able to compartmentalize. I think a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. I think women are better we multitaskers. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like yeah. one switch on and off, and yeah. then for women, exactly. it's like a whole like, like control board of different switches and knobs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, different frequencies. Totally. Yeah. So I mean, we're really just starting to deal with this stuff now in terms of having a career and having a family and who the breadwinner is. I always say this joke and it's totally inappropriate. Hopefully your audience will appreciate it. But yeah, I, if ever I meet people. a <laughs> <laughs> I've insulted women. I've insulted you Gandhi. Should. You should do it. I've, it's all everybody. Yeah, just going for it. 
Um, but I always say like, if I ever get married, he's going to have to make a lot more money than me and be able to kill me with his bare hands. <laughs> like, 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 that's perfect. That's, that's what I need. And that's just so that the power in the relationship is, is equal. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so that there is equal power in the relationship or equal. So I, oh, I'm sure, there's, a, of course I'm sure there's somebody out there for you then. Yeah. Some secret <laughs> service agent, you know? Yeah. High <laughs> up government official. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kung, Kung Fu master. Yeah. Bruce Lee. And he's he should out be taller there. as well if he's listening, you know. D- just go on ChristianMingle.com. No, I just, it's just hard. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just what I need. As if my good Jewish mother wouldn't freak out. You know, it's so crazy. Like, the other day, I'm, I'm taking, uh, it was like over a year ago, but I was taking prenatal vitamins because they were extra high in iron, and mm-hmm. I was low in iron. So my doctor was like, take these prenatal vitamins, you'll be fine. And my, like, not even dating, let alone engaged or anything, my mom's in the house, and she's like, what? What? And she's like, started to get like excited. I was like, what is with you? I'm not pregnant. Yeah, she, I'm not like, what is she? Just, she wants like, you to excited. join her club. Yeah. yeah. She's just like, there's just something about that, that just like, like parents want for you. They want you to like experience that and go through it. So there must be something about it. I mean, you know, but oh, yeah, there is. And it's life altering and changing in an amazing way, you know? And so it's obviously an experience she wants me to have. But for, for me, I'm just like, how can I do that and this at the same time and have it all? And, you know, well, one without a partner, like, like I feel <laughs> like I would need like an epic, you know, amazing kind of spouse or just significant other to do that with you know what i mean like i just don't think that's i feel like you would probably need like a couple with four people in it you know (laughs) to be able to handle it yeah yeah like to be able to handle just raising children and you know just with like the time i put in here and i just and just attention and just like brain power yeah the idea of like that kind of shifting to something else almost completely just seems like not doable you know yeah well i think you'll think of it as that now because of your perception of it but right you seem like you know you're resourceful enough that if you're put in the position you'd figure it out and then it would you know become its own thing and you know like you would figure it out you know but yeah it's like you know there's no rule there's no rule book the reason why i think our parents want us to enjoy or go through that experience is because they want us to understand Right. what it is you know like right. that club you just don't know that club until you're in it but um but at the same time i think that because i struggle with this one too and i think that there's definitely a way to juggle it but it's mm-hmm. a matter of like being humbled by the brilliance of it i guess if that makes sense you know like <laughs> there's you're a way there's, a terrible sales no, 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 I'm not trying to sell it at all. No, your, your mom's paying me actually. She's, this whole I should podcast be your daughter, been, and then I'll and then I'll feel differently. This this podcast <laughs> has been brought, has been paid for by your mom. So yeah. <laughs> she's all get her to make me some babies, some grandbabies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's you know, it's just yeah, you're right there with it, and you know, and it's, and it's I, I really appreciate that you know what you want, you know, because that's another right. really scary thing is when people decide to make that decision without understanding what it is that they're right. doing, you know, like one of my best friends, uh, he, him and his wife, they just got married and they decide they don't want to have kids, you know, and 
there right. and i'm like dude good for you guys for knowing that they're like yeah we just don't want to deal with that shit and I'm like you know it's not easy totally. so go you know totally it's not you know but at the same time like there's rewards to it that are beyond understanding you know right it's just like you know how it is anytime that there's something really challenging you, you overcome it or you figure it out but with family it's like it's like that job that it's just always there and it's powerful right. and it and it's hard at times but it's so amazing when it works you know so but. and there's hormones involved there's like <laughs> basic biology going on yeah yes like, of course there is there's just like i have a very good friend who is like probably one of the least empathetic people i know Perfect. and that's Perfect probably not the nicest way of describing something <laughs> So she and her husband get married and he really wanted to have kids. Mm. So she's like, all right, you know, I'll have kids. And she's like, I don't really like kids. I don't really like being around kids, but you want to have kids, we'll have kids. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Again, she's a breadwinner. I'm like, and she's like, well, you know, I think he'll be a good dad and he might, you know, take care of things more than I think he will, you know. And, you know, it was, it was really the stupidest conversation you can possibly imagine. But she has these kids now she has two and she's like she always says you know Aaron like I can't even explain it to you I still feel the way I feel about kids but like <laughs> my kids my kids I would like walk in front of a train like yeah I know she's like I know they're little monsters I know they're crazy and blah 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 blah, blah but came they're my from kids her body yeah it came yeah from she's like you, yeah. <laughs> you cannot even imagine yeah yeah it she said like how she feels is like not able to put into words and it's just it's just very fascinating and interesting to be able you know and i see what she does on a daily basis to make it all work oh you yeah. know like, just the juggling and the scheduling and like all of that and i'm just like, like how do you even have energy like at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> to do anything that's the human soul though we just make we make it work you know and it's just like that's why we're still here on this planet like we're not supposed right. to be here really we aren't really if you think about it we're not supposed right. to have air conditioning and sitting in like sky rises and stuff. It's like, but with the right. human, with the human soul and the human like ambition and, and, and striving for better, it's like, it just comes, you know, it just happens, you know, and it just right. becomes itself. And I think it's just like anything, it's just adjusting, you know, it's like with you, when you made your name for your company, you're like, uh, here's my name and I'm going to do it now. And it's like, you know, serendipitous yeah. and I'm just making it happen. And so, but yeah, like your whole thing with what you're talking about with the, the woman's perspective and stuff, it's, it's an absolutely different world and that's why it's treated differently. And it can't be treated the same as a man's world in the yeah. same thing. Cause that's, that's like opposite, you know, it's like yeah. you can't do counter the, the, the argument with another counter. But I think, I think it has to just, there has to be more understanding, uh, more um, educated people. I think people. just acknowledgement. acknowledgement. Yes. I think it just needs, yeah, I think it just needs acknowledgement because, I mean, it's in the big stuff, you know, yeah, like if I walk yeah. into a bank and get a loan and it's just like, I, I, I forget it, I'm just taken less seriously, you know what yeah, I mean? It's just straight whack. up how it is, yeah. you know, until they look at my bank account and then they're like, hello. Oh, you shit, bankroll. Yeah, hey, you know, <laughs> make it rain, <laughs> make it rain, exactly. But then, but then you have like the little stuff. Like if I take a group of clients out for dinner and I'm the only woman and I'm paying the bill, like the waiter has an awkward moment. There's always, it's, I have to say something funny. <laughs> yes. Like, and that's, I think that's it. part of it is like my humor just to like be like, oh yeah, the Old girl with the is paying the bill. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. But it lightens the moment and it kind of like, 
I can be a little bit of a part of the boys club, not sure. completely, but yeah. a little bit. But it's funny, like when I'm not in the office, like it just changes. The vibe of the office changes. Like the guys start making fart jokes. It's just like, it just, <laughs> it's, it's just funny. Like I've heard that it's like a, there's just a funny kind of little switch that happens Sure. when I'm traveling or gone. That's You're so like, sensitive to it. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you're just like, you have your ear to the wall of this thing. Yeah. But I get it though. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe it's also too, like, I have this weird theory that I think is kind of interesting. It, like it was kind of a weird, like epiphany I had one day. Cause uh, I was thinking it was a very odd thought. I think somebody was telling me about like one of those like preacher dudes that like mm-hmm. was getting all crazy and turned gay or he was like having sex with kids again. And I was like, dude, what the yeah. hell, man? And I was like, why does it like, there's this epidemic of it. And I kept thinking to myself, I was like, Dude, those guys spend so much time like focusing on like, don't be gay, don't be gay, don't look at the dick, right. don't look at the dick, and then they're like, I love dick. <laughs> it's like, it's like I we, gotta have it. It's yeah, like exactly. if you're not on sugar, like if you're not eating sugar, you just need some sugar. It, well, it's it's a, it's a matter of what you focus on, right, and what you put right. your attention towards. So if like if it's like if that's what really confuses me and blows me away. It's like when you really when you don't like something, just like let it be, like you know, or just right. just acknowledge it and let it be don't like focus on it and be like let it become your being because like that's the funny thing and i really think that's partially psychologically true because like it's manifestation you know like i believe in it entirely (laughs) and if you're sitting there thinking about something manifesting it every day like dude before you know it you're gonna be bukkakied at some like gay party (laughs) wake up in the morning all sticky And it was going to be the best night of your life. Yeah, all, uh, Ash is such a <laughs> sexist bastard. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, no, you, then mean, it's the best light, night of your life, and you realize I've been living a lie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just unfortunate that people have to feel like that, you know. But of course, but that's yeah. just the circle of life, <laughs> I guess. You it know, is. you got to have the yeah. good with the bad. I guess you know that's another thing I've been learning tremendously is like. You, we just can't have only one side of this conversation. Everything has to have its own, like, I guess, right. destination, you know? And there's if there's something amazing in the world, then there should be something that isn't so, unfortunately, you know? But I think that's you changing, think? too, though. I, I, I don't I, know. I don't want it to be. I hope that's Come not on, true. I don't want that's that like to the be. Matrix philosophy right there. It's well, like, I don't want it to be, but I just feel like it seems like that's kind of okay, it's like, let's just look at, like, this technology, right, or your phone. Like, I own an iPhone, like, and I don't like that this happens, and I don't want it to be it. I don't want it to be that, but because I have this device and I buy it and I'm a part of it, like, people right. are suffering having to make it. And and that's right. through the decisions of people that are creating it, of course. And, right. But it's just, like, a shitty, it's a shitty outcome to right. me being able to use Instagram and be like, uh, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's like, you know, um, I guess that's, that's a whole different topic of like, um, yeah. ownership of responsibility, the worldwide ownership of responsibility and that you can open up the whole, you know, fucking plethora of things that, Oh my God, completely. You know, yeah. You know, w- yeah. warming and cars and consumption and just, you know, GMO and all that kind of crap, you know, yeah. that's a whole nother market of like of thought and talk. But I think that, there is a balance, unfortunately, and I wish there wasn't. There, there. I think there could be. Like, I mean, I don't know. My life in general is kind of like I try to balance it out with like as much good right. as possible, and, and and I try to share that. And I, 
I imagine you probably try to do the same thing because exactly. that's all you can do is live by example. You get out, you exactly. get on that soapbox, people are going to turn you out, you know, but if you, if you just go on that soapbox and you're just like, you're just there, you know, being, that's what made like Gandhi so special. I think he's just like, I'm going to go do a hunger strike and this is it, you know, like it was kind of like silently doing his own thing, becoming himself, his brilliance, you know, just doing that mm-hmm. and people reacted. And so I think the change happens within the world of your own, you know, and the podcast has been an interesting device of like just kind of enlightening or showing people different concepts and finding their depth and stuff. Right. Cause there's so much love from this. Like so many, I get so much love from this is so cool. You know, like so That's many people. Awesome. It's, it's beautiful. It's so cool. Like, I'll have to send you some of the emails because the people that there's just like life changing things. I'm like, dude, I can't believe I'm like even just a part of that. <laughs> you know, like cheers to you. Go chase your dreams. Have a great life. You know, share the freaking awesomeness, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I think it's like intentions, you know, intentions sure. and follow through. And again, just being as generous as you can be and just having faith that it's going to come back to you. You yeah, know? not in a selfish sense either, I think, too. No, 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 no. but that, I mean, but, like, in a like, reciprocal kind of way, sure, like, sure. you know, like I give of myself and then like in a, in a, in a, in a real, in like my best relationships, I would give of myself and they would give back and it would be yeah. fairly equal. You know what I mean? And there were times where I felt like I was giving more or times where they felt like they were giving more, but there was always like this good equal flow to it when it was working at its best. And I feel like it's like, you're, that's you with the universe too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, absolutely. you, you give and then it gives you back, you know, and it's the same thing about like manifesting something, you know, if you're thinking about it and, you know, just as, as much as you're thinking about something negative, you could be thinking about just a person and then all of a sudden they call you, you know? Oh yeah. That's definitely a law. Yeah. It's a dad totally happens. So, yeah. It's, it's really beautiful. And if you can really um, hone in on that and focus on it and, and embrace it for what it is like, man, that's really when bliss starts to happen. I think that's the idea of bliss in life. Completely. It's like, it's, it's like self manifestation on like a, a whole nother realm of like consciousness, you know, totally. <laughs> and, and this is probably, this might be going over some people's heads, but this is how I live my life because it's all about manifestation. That's how I've been able to right. develop who I am. And my success has come from that. And the life that I have now, it's not perfect, but it's fucking amazing for right know, i'm 31 years old and i feel like i've finally like really figuring things out you know just, god imagine how you're gonna feel at 41 <laughs> i always think I about that yeah, you're gonna years, be so. like crazy yeah. i mean i feel like that every couple of years especially you know you talk about learning and you know taking in information and you know as an artist i've definitely been learning and growing and the projects are building on top of themselves and I'm learning more and more and more but like now owning a business and learning what that's all about and you know, seeing like all like the other stuff that goes on, like yeah. in like the business world, like I'm a business person too. Like I'm not just an artist anymore. No, like, of course not. You can't. Like yeah. it's, it's my world is expanding and changing in like a very interesting way. And like, sometimes I just call my lawyer and I'm like, I don't understand what any of this means. Explain <laughs> it to me. You know what I mean? Yes, like, I yes. don't have an MBA. Like I, like 101 doesn't exist to me. I'm like, and I'll explain, he'll be like, well, what do you think it means? I'm like, well, I think, I think it means blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, you're right. You know, I'm yeah. like, cause really all businesses is intuition. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's well, just being yeah. thoughtful and smart. You know, yeah. don't do anything that's too risky. Risk, like weigh the risk and the reward. Like, be smart about it, but really be be aware of what you're getting into. And I think that that's the thing about these big corporations that really bother me is like I just don't think that people 
know what's what anymore they're so big <laughs> you know what i mean there's nowhere <laughs> right but there's Global no way economy, to really even economy. know yeah. like how would you know yep like i mean i just <laughs> like no, i true. opened up a new business account for like another new business that i created which is it's stupid it's just to do shoots and stuff like that but like they're like part of the process of opening this account was like me going in and answering a few questions one of two questions which was do you plan on committing um, like uh, embezzling money through this account? I had to literally show up to say, no, I do not plan on using this account to embezzle. They're like, okay, sign here. It's like, (laughs) really? Like really? Well, there's a bunch of shitty people out there I definitely am going to embezzle it. Yeah. They're like, well, we just needed it on the record. Do that 1% of shitheads out there. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. But 1% of shitheads like owns, you know, 97% 97% of the world, you know what I mean? Yeah, but do that's, they really, you know? That's another thing. It's like, you know, like well, I, I never met somebody yes. that's like that rich before, but I wonder how their life must be, you know? Curious, I mean, you know? there's yeah. like, there's got to be a God complex when you have that much money, you know? Yeah, it's going to be sure. really weird. I, I kind of like having the value of just like living a simple life, you know? And just yeah. being like stoked on a book, you know, like fuck, like this fucking book is awesome. I'm pumped today. <laughs> it's like a book, you know, like right. there's a beauty in the, the, the currency of enjoyment off of something that's not like, it's kind of trivial, you know, like I think for, but that's, Hey, that's my opinion and my own judgment based off of my own trying to seek brilliance within the subtleties of life, you know? So, but I you, mean, yeah, completely. Who, who knows though? But right. They're so, just people too, though, at some point totally. in some way. Like, they have to probably enjoy that same, you know, like, look at Oprah and her silly book club. But, you know, <laughs> but dude, it's a billionaire. Yeah. yeah. I think the currency that we're all playing here with and we're all in the same playing field is time. Right. And that's what I've really been getting into last year was, like, that's why I get in all these books, like, Eat That Frog and, like, all this, like, manage your day-to-day. It's, like, the 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 time, it's it, what decides, what distinguishes a successful person from an unsuccessful person is the amount of what these people do within the time that they have. Because the richest man and the poorest man all share one of the same thing. We all have, we're fighting against time or we're just embracing it, becoming a uh, victim to it or whatever you want to say. Right. But, but it's all about the choices that you make and, and, and what you do, do with your day mm-hmm. like and how you value your decisions and stuff, you know, so... And, right. Yeah, that stuff is really important to me. I think, and especially this last year, because I will have a couple big bucket list goals that I need to to do, and it, and I have to use these these tools and 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 learn and develop them and all that crap, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, totally. I I I mean, like that's a very lovely, eloquent way of putting it. But <laughs> and that's like the one thing like everybody shares in common. Like nobody's here forever. Nope. You get what you get. Time is going to be up at some point. So, like that essentially is like the bottom line of the human experience, I guess. But, yes, it's you know, I like I just want to contribute something to the world. Like personally, that's like what I want to do. Like and seem like that's what you want to do too. I mean, yeah. you want to the podcast do stuff. You know, the podcast exactly. Is, it's it's, a, it's not. I mean, I'm thankful for everybody that even cares to listen to this, and I hope that you all get out of something out of this. You know, and either it be like yeah. strength to do your own thing or enlightenment or just like a little tip or trick or something but 
this is just my world that I, and I'm able to like right. project it out there and I'm just so thankful for like just all the love I mean when I was in Barcelona yeah. there was so many random people that I've never met before just coming up and be like I love the podcast and I was like man this is fucking cool like I <laughs> love you too for loving the podcast like thank you so much you know and and doing that little effort, you know, and, and changing the world within like my own humbling like yeah. <laughs> ways, you know, like giving giving each week like three or four hours of time to do it, you know. So Yeah, I mean it's definitely like a probably a little pep talk here and there for people. You sure, know what I mean? Of, of like you know, and I think it's just really important that people understand like I don't feel like I'm necessarily at the peak of my career or I know where I'm going or even in comparison, like how big or small it is in people's minds but like we're all just people and it's all one foot in front of the other and it's all just again using your time smart and and being aware of how you are in the world yeah you know contributing positively if you can exactly yeah Yeah, exactly yeah doing your best to do that yeah just being very aware not to be a douchebag you know it's like yeah, exactly. None of that. Be aware. Yes. You know, because it's it's not all about them. You no, know, at no, the end no. of the day, like there's the the I find like you know, and you you've worked with some pretty big Hollywood people too. But it's funny, like the higher up you go, it seems like the more cool people get, the more they want to collaborate, the more they want your. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the C level and the B level people that are so worried about, you know, figure yourself out, learn what you like, don't be afraid of change and growing and circumstances coming up and like embracing them. Yeah. Um, and just kind of like flowing with the go, so to speak, but take, to. making the most of it at all, you know? Yeah. Yep. Totally. Absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's the brilliance of it. Yeah. You know, you know what it is, you know, and there's so many people out there that are doing it and there's books on it. You know, that's the amazing thing too. It's like, totally. <laughs> if you really want anything, you can fucking do it. And we live in a country that allows to such thing to happen, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, that's crazy. Well, dude, I should probably get off this podcast. I gotta get things rolling. Got to I know. I've had a few flags at the door. I'm yeah. like, whatever, just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there anything in your last? Glass doors. I mean, yeah. <laughs> last, uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, I'm living in a I glass think, house with lotion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think like words of encouragement or I don't know. I think just like don't don't underestimate yourselves you know what i mean like always you know think you can do more than you can do and because you can you know don't yeah you know it's 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 amazing what you can accomplish if you just try and i think like the biggest thing at least with me and my team and the most successful people i've i've met are finishers they're not just starters like oh, you yeah. with your yeah. project you, you know what i mean like it. i'm sure there's a million po- times where you could have penciled down and been like fuck it oh you yeah you gotta finish stuff you start it was horrible always <laughs> be, a, be a finisher yeah but, yeah there's you know half or you know just started projects is like the worst thing to see so Talk is cheap you, you know own your shit what you, what you start yes exactly i totally exactly. agree so yes. but there's a lot of people that just are not that don't finish and it's on them you know because those fuckers <laughs> it is 
<laughs> I speak my mind. I don't give a shit. You're so. like, wow, that, yeah, that could have been a great movie. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, right. Well, I mean, like, when somebody's like, oh, I have this, like, trailer that I made for this movie I want to do. How long ago did you make the trailer? Four years. I'm like, how's the movie going? It's not. It's like, well, make the movie. Yeah. You know, I, you know, one of my producers, Eric Crary, and uh, one of our DPs that we use all the time, Stephen Pyatt, they wrote a movie together and directed it. And Eric came in. He's like, I need a couple months off. We're going to make this movie. And I'm like, awesome. You Go know, yeah. always supportive of stuff like that. That's you got to. If you want to do it, do it. I mean, it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And they made a beautiful movie. It's almost done. That's awesome. And it's just, you know, if you want to do it, you can do it. You can figure out a way to make it happen. That's just end of story. I totally agree. Like, if you need $100 million to make your movie or make even just the first two scenes, like, we can make that happen. <laughs> I'll be 100 confident. I'll be emailing you later. Okay. <laughs> no, no, seriously, on a serious note, though, I totally agree. And I think that if you can take anything away from this conversation or from what we've done in our careers and our lives thus far, like, just be a finisher do it you know like go out yeah. and do it and, and and find follow your follow through with what you you know your goals you know right because it's freaking awesome Absolutely. the payoff is just amazing just so amazing yeah, <laughs> yeah. well yeah. i mean work you know how many times do people come to you because of something you've done oh, right yeah. so it's it, only because you, i finished you, it you know right you yeah. do the work you get the work you do you know so yes. that's it you know absolutely at the end of the day Yes. No, this has been an amazing podcast. I would love to do like a part two at some point if you're ever up for it. Awesome. I'm sure Always. You know, this I'm sure people <laughs> would really enjoy this one and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll have all your contact information like you know, as far as like your website and stuff on the bottom of the of the um, podcast so if people are interested they can find you and find out what you've been doing and stuff and I'm sure yeah, yeah I'm just I'm stoked to I'm stoked to have enjoyed this, you know, conversation and yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Likewise. <laughs> super, super awesome. Yes. Awesome. Most, most well, certainly. And have a great day and, and, and have fun putting out fires. <laughs> You're all. <sighs> I know. Uh, it's going to be a good fire this afternoon. At, on Friday at fives, we have cocktail hour. So oh. and I don't think people know it, but we're tied dying t-shirts tonight. Oh. So. so you guys are having fun. It sounds <laughs> I don't like know a fun how company. that came about, but it did. So. Awesome. <laughs> So we're going to finish some t-shirts. Yeah, Excellent. it's a little bit weird, but, but it's fun. Oh, that awesome. sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Certainly. Right back to you. All right. Have a great day. Thank you, and You too. See you. Bye. Bye.